and a very warm welcome to the Financial Freedom Podcast, delivered with personality by the team from Rachel Bell Wealth Management. Today in the studio, I'm just joined by Practice Principal Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hello, James. And we're going to be looking at the subject of, of vulnerability in finances. And this is a, a really insightful and interesting subject because the reality is the vast majority of people listening to this will at some point in their life have suffered some sort of financial vulnerability. Rachel's going to fill us in in, uh, in detail with all sorts of insights. Uh, before we go any further, please note that the discussion points we cover in this podcast are our own views or those of the guest speakers and do not constitute financial advice. We always recommend that you speak with a professional before considering your own situation and taking action. So, Rachel, let me start with a, a pretty broad question. What is financial vulnerability? A really broad question, but actually I'm going to flip that right back, James, and I'm going to just ask you to just take a minute for you to actually think of someone that might, you might class as being financially vulnerable. What immediately springs to mind? I guess I would say somebody who is old with dementia. You're absolutely right, James, that, that that they are two really key characteristics and for a number of reasons, because if you've got somebody who's more elderly, I think naturally human nature is that we kind of feel a little bit more protective about our elderly community. And if somebody's got dementia as well, then their ability to make decisions, really, they shouldn't be, not that they shouldn't be making allowed to make decisions, they should be supported in making any of those decisions and it needs to be that there's the safety measures around that and I would say as well if you were chatting to one of your friends James that had been bereaved or that was going through a divorce again you kind of want to hold that hand of support out uh, to people who are going through a difficult time and that's actually no different uh, in in our job we, we just want to offer that additional level of support for somebody who's going through a difficult time but it's not just bereavement divorce um, or you know losing mental capacity uh, and getting old that can cause that you know we, we you know one in four adults the office of national, office of national statistics it's one in four adults um, are suffering from mental illness um, people losing mental capacity as, as we've mentioned about but also just going through job loss or um a time where you're really struggling to care for your elderly parents or if you've got children that are going through a tough time, so many things that can impact on our day-to-day -day life that means you just should have a bit more support at going through really important things. And what that helps you to do is just to make sure you're making good financial decisions. So how, how do you, you've got a broad client base yeah. in terms of, age, demographic, um, time in life, career-wise perhaps, mm -hmm. a real mixed bag. Mm -hmm. How do you and the team identify or, or go about identifying those clients that might be expressing signs of vulnerability? Mm -hmm. That's my first question. And then my second is how on earth do you approach that subject with them to say, listen, we think you might be struggling here or do you not do it like that can i take the second one first yes of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we don't do it like that um because our job is to listen you know we've got two ears for a reason which sometimes i forget because i'm very good at talking but 
we have got two ears for a reason and it's to listen and observe and really take time to get to know our clients. So sometimes people perceive that we're going to go along and we're just going to be asking all sorts about their finances and everything like that. To be honest, a lot of the time when we first meet our clients, we don't even start talking about a lot of finances. I'm interested in our client's story, where they are, what they're worried about and getting to know them. And by building a picture and asking lots and lots of questions, can I start to understand how how they work and, and, and where they are in life and what's going on? If somebody is going through a difficult time and uh, we've, we look after a few of our clients who um, are widows, and if somebody's going through a difficult time, it's not up to me to kind of point out and say, oh, we think you're vulnerable. It's just giving that extra level of support. You know, it doesn't mean that they can't make decisions. It doesn't mean that they haven't got the knowledge, the experience and the capability. It just means that they need a little bit extra time, that we need to make sure that we take a step back and we give them time to process and digest, to come back and ask questions. So an example of how we would often do things is that we just have a couple of extra meetings where we would check understanding and we would just make sure that they were okay with everything we sometimes what we do as well is ask if they want any family members or friends to be there as well particularly for somebody that's been recently bereaved and that's really important because sometimes somebody might feel a lot more comfortable chatting to a friend about something rather than me especially when we first meet so if you've got a friend there after the meeting they can turn around to that friend and say I really wasn't sure about this or I wasn't sure about that and then come back and have the opportunity to ask the questions. So it's, it's emotional intelligence is really important. I need to be able to read somebody fairly quickly to be able to then demonstrate the right duty of care and the right approach for, for, for each client. And it's so important to us that we do that. We take time with all of our clients, um, but if somebody is going through a particularly challenging time, then extra time, extra support, and having the comfort of a friend or a family member with at the same time. And I would say that age is actually, it's not irrelevant because we do have additional measures um, as, as our clients get older, but vulnerability is not because you're old. So essentially, you've got this radar that will begin to yeah. twitch yeah. at points when you feel that a client, for one reason or other, may be displaying signs of vulnerability. Yeah. And if it starts to twitch, you will then kick into action almost in stealth mode to make sure they have what they need to have for as long as they need to have it. Yeah. Because, I, you know, I need to be able to demonstrate, um, you know, so very often um, one of the measures that we do have for older clients is that we always offer them if they want to have somebody else accompanying them. Now, some of our clients can actually wonder why we would be asking that, but we ask it in the right way. You know, it's not because we feel that they're not able or capable to make the decisions themselves. It can just be that we haven't got to know them well enough um, as yet to kind of have that judgment call. But we take, we will explain why we're asking that. And, and I use an example with me. I mean, you know, we, I know we've talked about on previous pods about menopause and when life's really busy, sometimes I forget what I'm going to say in the next part of the conversation. So if you've got somebody with you in a meeting that is listening as well, 
you can check, did I hear that right? Or how was that question worded or asked? And we all do it. And it's sometimes really useful. Me and Pam often do meetings together. Pam will be listening and observing as well as me. And we will then have a chat about the meeting and how it's gone and what we feel um, is the right way forward with with the client. So having somebody else there to support, from a regulatory perspective, I need to be able to demonstrate to the client, their family, that we're doing the right thing and that we are taking the time and that we've got the appropriate measures in place to protect, especially um, older clients as well. So other physical signs of vulnerability or, or, or are they all sort of unspoken signs? what are you looking for um physical signs of vulnerability i suppose that's very really difficult to we're working with a, a client at the, at the moment who um has got life-changing injuries um and um it was one of the, the solicitors that we're working with and actually all meetings are taking place with her partner and her solicitor Mental capacity, she's so astute, so astute. Communication is difficult. Um, the What she's gone through is just absolutely horrendous. And it's going to be quite some time before we get to any position where she's going to be making any financial decisions because there's a lot of things that we need to discuss with her first. I need to work hand in hand with her solicitor. So she is physically uh, disabled, but mental capacity, apart from the trauma that she's been through, is very astute. Um, so again, there's no one size fits all. Mm -hmm. You know, we've we also look after a, a gentleman who um we worked with again with a, a solicitor who'd suffered a head injury, an accident and head injury. And whilst his capacity was good the brain injury meant that things kind of didn't sink in the same that he needed extra time to go through things and to just have additional support so all of that with with him we had the solicitor present during the meetings but that client very recently um was the victim of fraud and thankfully we have a very, very good relationship with him. We check in with him on a very regular basis and we became aware of something which raised alarm bells to us. Um, he was talking to us about the fact that he had a girlfriend. The girlfriend wasn't in the UK. He'd never met this girlfriend. So we then asked a few more questions about this um, to ascertain had he given her any money, had he shared any details, um, without kind of standing on anybody's toes, but we were then very aware. And one of the things that we did with him was say, look, if ever you are asked for any money or if ever you're asked to share any details, please ring us first. Please go through this with us first. And we just checked in a bit more regularly with him. Now, to cut a very long story short, he did ring us and he rang us on a weekend and I ended up going down to the police station with him. And unfortunately, he had become victim of the most horrendous fraud where he had literally formed a relationship with this person that didn't exist. They turned out to be a man in South Africa and he thought he was dealing with a gorgeous lady um, from Poland. That wasn't the case. 
so because we were very aware from the start um, of his vulnerabilities, then we have additional measures that we put in place to check in more often. As soon as our alarm bells were raised, we then put our own procedures in place, um, which we have a lot of behind the scenes to make sure that we can check on each other to make sure and we, and we discuss in meetings if we've got clients that are particularly vulnerable, such as that. Now, that was a horrendous experience for him to go through because apart from anything else, he actually felt quite humiliated as well. And he felt that he'd fallen for something and it took him a while for the police to persuade him that he was a victim of fraud. I'm actually really pleased that we could be there. And I'm really pleased, first and foremost, that we had the relationship that he felt that he could come to us. So I would say that that's probably the most important thing that people wouldn't necessarily associate with the relationship with the financial planner is you can talk to us about anything. You can ask us anything. Um, and if there's something that we would question, we'll question. How does it work if somebody is financially vulnerable? Mm -hmm. Let's 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 put together a um, a pretend scenario, mm -hmm. a theoretical scenario involving okay. me. So I've just got divorced, and I pick up the phone and I say, Rachel, I'm wanting to live my life as a divorced man. And I would like to buy a Ferrari. So if you could just make the necessary arrangements with my funds. <laughs> Not actually, I mean, this is very theoretical because there ain't enough money in my funds to buy a Ferrari. Um, but, but if you could just make the necessary arrangements for the funds to drop into my account, I'd, I'd be really grateful. Thanks very much. And you're thinking, oh my God, his head's all over the place. He's just lost his family. He's living in a flat and he wants to spend 150K on a Ferrari. How do you start to navigate that where you've got somebody who's hurting somebody whose capacity to make the right decisions is compromised um but they're a client they're a customer it's a tricky one surely it is it is and actually not to the extremes of buying a ferrari but we have had instances where we've received phone calls where people are wanting to release a large amount of capital um from their pension um for example and we've kind of thought hang on a minute you know, what's going on here? What's going on? So the first thing I would do is say, right, okay, fantastic. Sounds really exciting. I know you, you know, you're going through an awful lot at the moment. Why don't we kind of just arrange to have a sit down and get together? We can have a proper catch up um, and we can make sure that everything that we've got is going to fit, you know, with the way that you do, the direction of travel that everything's heading in at the moment. Because first and foremost, we want to make sure that we protect um, and look after you while you're going through this. So we would then sit down with the client, again, listen, um, observe, understand, and then often point out where there are pitfalls in the plan that they wouldn't e you wouldn't have even known about, James. Okay, so for example, with a pension. Um, so, I mean, you are fortunately too young to take money out of the pension for you, so it would be an easy no because you wouldn't be allowed anyway. But if you were, so let's say you were fit older than 55 and you had this pot of money in your pension and you just saw this shiny red um, Ferrari. I don't know why I said red, but I think most of them are red anyway. It would be a red one. It would be a red one. Right, that's fine. So <laughs> if, um, and let's say like yourself as a director in a business, then pension contributions are really important from a tax perspective. Now, if you had just gone ahead and taken out this lump sum 
from your pension, then potentially that could really prevent you from paying in the amount of money that you need to pay in to sustain your retirement. Because you often trigger um, measures that are put in place that then it really pull back the amount you can pay into your pension. Now, you wouldn't have known that because we'd never had that conversation before. So straight away, I would say to him, right, you can take that money out of your pension. However, that would mean that you would not be able to continue paying the amount in, which ultimately would then mean that you're going to not have the, re the lifestyle in retirement that you want. Often when we point things out that people would never have been in a position to know, it's a, ah, okay. So step one of protecting and, and talking through. Step two, is there any other way that we can kind of bring this dream and realization together? Um, or is there any other way that we can kind of chat through what's really going on and how we should be doing it? Can you go and rent one? You know, and, and all sorts of things. Because you don't also want to tell somebody that they're wrong either because they're not. In their mind, it's something that they want to do. And if you're just wanting to either have a midlife crisis or blow on something, then I'm not the person to judge that. I just want to put you in the most informed position possible. Okay. A while ago, we were talking to, we were sat around the table and there was there was you and there was myself and a few other Rachel Bell Wealth Management clients. And we were talking about the subject of vulnerability. Yeah. And one person in particular, who's an older person, not too sure how old they are, but an older person said, actually, I, I find the word vulnerability to be quite offensive. Mm. And if somebody was ever to suggest to me that I was vulnerable, I would be a bit taken aback and not too happy about it. So how do we get past? I mean, that might not be a typical view, actually. So let me ask you that question. Do you think that vulnerability is a bit of a, seen as a bit of a dirty word by some people, yeah. or an offensive word? Yeah, I do. Why, why do you think that? Or why do you, not why do you think that? Why do you think that people see it as such? Well, let, let's take a couple of things, for for example, and I, and I will use me as a scenario as well. But let's say, for example, um, you are a, a very successful older gentleman who's always been extremely independent. You've built your career, your businesses to be very independently wealthy um, and you've retired. So you've retired but that doesn't mean that you've not still got the same functioning business brain that's built up all of this. And then you, you know, you get so that you're into your eighties. Now on paper, that means that we would automatically bring in additional measures and potentially somebody could be classed as vulnerable, but I would never ever go to that person and say, Oh, we class you as vulnerable now, which means that we need to do this that, and the other. It's about, I need to know the client and I need to know if something isn't quite right or if something seems a little bit out of the ordinary uh, for that person in making decisions. There's ways that we can have the conversation without ever saying we think you're vulnerable. I think it's like with anything, if, you, if you're labelled, um, and I use an example of, of mental health as well. So for, for me... Um, for a lot of years, I've really struggled with uh, clinical depression. And at times, I've been quite poorly in, in quite a lot, of, a lot of years ago. Now, I've become a lot more aware um, and I know the steps that mean that I keep well. 
But I never class myself as vulnerable because I think the psychologists um, described me as a high functioning um, with depression, which meant that I was still going to work. I was still doing everything. Just when I got home, I withdrew from life. Would I have appreciated, did I appreciate the support of my friends and family? Absolutely. Um, but I never considered myself to be vulnerable. So it's like with anything, James, it's how you are with people. And I like to think that if you treat people how you would want to be treated yourself, then that's that's different. And you would know from having a conversation with me or getting to know me as well as you had done that it doesn't impact on my decisions, but you're more aware of my emotions probably uh, for that because I'm, I'm quite open about it as well. But with some people... I can see why it could be an insult um, with that. But if you put it to them in a different way, then they wouldn't see it as an insult. Do you think it's possible for people listening now because our finances are really important. Yeah. Uh, our finances in themselves can become lead us to a place where we're vulnerable because finances, uh, if they're great, then it's fantastic. And finances, if they're struggling for whatever reason, can can lead to anxiety, can lead to all sorts of stresses, um, can lead to mental health issues in, in, in their own right. Do you think it's possible for people listening to this podcast today to almost... I'll use the phrase self-identify as somebody at the minute who may be financially vulnerable. Is there almost, are there, are there any, is there a set of questions or a process that they can go through to help them understand if that might be them? Um, That's a really good question, actually. And I, and I would actually say, no, I don't think there is, because I think if you are in something that's very difficult, and I, I'll use the example of uh, being a widow or going through a divorce again, then you're almost not thinking about your finances um, as much because you, you're too enveloped in grief, whether it's divorce or bereavement, because you, you know you're losing something that's very dear to you. Human nature means that we want to take control. So when you're asking a series of questions, the series of questions would be, what am I worried about and why am I worrying about it? And using the divorce and bereavement example, if you've been somebody who wasn't the one who looked after the money, then I would think that person would, yes, probably class themselves as being financially vulnerable because day to day, they haven't been the ones making those decisions. They haven't been the ones managing the bank accounts or managing their investments. So that instance, on the other side, if you've got the person who was managing all of those things, they will probably say, no, they weren't financially vulnerable. So it's not, it's a really difficult question to, to answer. But from our perspective, they both would be because what you want to do is try and help people to... First of all, get the fundamentals in place so that they feel okay now. So that 
we can help them demonstrate and look at everything that they've got to say, right, we're here, we've got you, um, we'll support you through this. And actually, you don't need to worry about that right at this moment in time. What you do need to think about is putting one foot in front of the other, getting it through to the next day, being with your family and getting the appropriate, often legal advice um, in that instance. We've got this bit. If there's something that you need to chat through with us or if there's something that you want us to go through with your family or with your solicitor, then we will do that. But at the moment, I just want to demonstrate to you that that part you don't need to worry about. And I suppose that's where we then get to a point where there are the haves and the have-nots, for want of a better phrase. Yeah. There are the haves who have got the support of a financial advisor or a financial advice team mm -hmm. and there are those who haven't and I guess the longer you've been with that advisor or with that team the more they're going to understand you your quirks your family circumstances the things that are likely to trigger some sort of financial financially vulnerable stage in you mm -hmm. and there's huge value in that mm -hmm. So when we, we, you know, one of the things that's really important to, to us, James, when we talk about the have and the have not, I think, you know, when, when we're, you know, if we kind of think when we're starting out on our careers and we're starting out on our journeys where you're going from one paycheck to the next, um, or, you, you know, you're just leaving home and you kind of start to find out how much life costs. Actually, you know, you could say that you are financially vulnerable because you've never done it before. You've never lived on your own before. You might wish that you had stayed at home a bit longer. So again, having access to somebody that you can get from either education or we, as you know, James, we do the financial wellbeing workshops. One of the reasons that we do that is to help people who've never had advice, who are just starting out, who are going from one paycheck to the next, to understand the basic principles of how much life costs. And we all know this last couple of years, it's more expensive than it was. And what we often find is that those people, often if you ask them how much their council tax is going to be or how much their phone contract is and everything like that, but when you list everything that they're going to have to pay out on a monthly basis, they've often never added it all up. Or they forget something as important as food. <laughs> you know, so everything else is covered. Oh yeah, but I'm going to have to live on beans and toast for the month. So you know, having access to advice and somebody to talk to talk through those things at a young age, at the start of your career, is just as important as when you've got to the peak of your career and you've built up your pension pot and you're looking to retire, or if you've inherited. Um, money or you've built it up and you just can't now, now sat back on your yacht but the have or have nots doesn't mean that neither end of the scale uh, won't be financially vulnerable do you think there's a danger in people who suddenly come into wealth or people who have accumulated wealth over the course of their life either through savings or, or through a strong pension pot. Do you think there are dangers attached to individuals like that not having 
a financial advisor or a wealth management team on their side. Yeah. Massively. Um, because if you've got somebody who inheritance is a, 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 a big, uh, a big subject area that I think we're going to, we're talking about another pod as well, actually. But if somebody comes into a large amount of money very quickly, it can create quite a lot of financial stress and financial vulnerability. Because whilst we all kind of talk about things that we would do, it used to be if you played the premium uh, bonds and things like that. But if we talk now about what you would do if you won the lottery, the reality is if you do, oh my goodness, once you've got over and you've gone out and bought your Ferrari or you know, you've know you gone on your cruise or you've um, given some money to your mum and dad or your family and things like that, actually, where do you go? What do you do? How do you know what to do? You know, Dr. Google can be quite dangerous at times. So then, you know, talking to your friend down the, down to the, down the pub or um, somebody tells you to invest in something and you don't take advice, you can end up losing a serious amount of money through making bad financial decisions. Mm. Our job is not to sit and to say, don't buy that Ferrari, don't go on that dream holiday, don't give your family the money, because that's the freedom that you want to be able to support somebody with. Our job is to say, right, let's take a bit of time, look at what your needs are, look at what you want to achieve and have the flexibility to advise. So the importance of advice for somebody who's never had money before and gets it quite suddenly is so, so crucial, really vital um, from that perspective. And lottery winners, they are few and far between, but actually people inheriting money from family estates is very common. It, in, it is increasingly common. common. Yeah. So I suppose there's a whole chunk of society there, potentially, that could make the wrong decisions or less informed decisions because they don't have the right people on the side and end up in a vulnerable position, even though they probably don't feel like they're vulnerable because they've got all of this money that they've that they've never had before. Yeah. It's interesting. It it is really interesting, and and all of our clients are really interesting. We love all of our clients to bits, and we would just want to feel really that we can be the support, whatever they're going through. And and what the message I want to get really across from this pod really is, you know, we all go through struggles, and I think the last three years we've all been challenged. We're all vulnerable at some point in our lives, and that's okay. What helps it be even more okay is having the right team to support you and asking the right people for support so if you've got a financial advisor brilliant if you haven't really speak to a financial advisor so they get to know your story and they can help you through whatever life throws you and i suppose the soon the sooner you can get a financial a financial advisor the better because the more if I reflect back on what I was saying before, the more they can get to know you and your family, uh, if you have family, your personal circumstances, uh, what you want to achieve in life, when you want to achieve it, mm -hmm. the, the sooner they can understand all of that, the better. And the sooner they can start to build a picture of you and your personality and how you are to enable them to be in a position to spot these vulnerabilities yeah. as and when, um, almost when, um, they arise because as yeah. you rightly say life is um an assault course and you know we're all gonna struggle to climb a 12 foot wall at some point yeah 
Oh, Christ, I couldn't climb a 12 foot <laughs> wall now, but yeah, no, you can. Um, we, we, we all, yeah, it, it's it's tough out there sometimes. Yeah. Okay, that feels like a good point to draw this pod to uh, an end, Rachel, okay. unless, of course, there's anything um, bouncing around in that huge financial advisor brain of yours that you no, think, well, we, think, we absolutely uh, must discuss this. Yeah, no, I think that kind of just gives a scenario and and i suppose the the end message for me would be that sometimes you know you might have a conversation with your financial advisor and you think why most do they want to know this and actually it's because they've got your best interests at heart and wanting to get to know your story to make sure that the plan reflects you should anybody be listening to this and be thinking i would like to have just a, an introductory chat with rachel or a member of the team how would they get in touch? Um, the best way to get in touch is uh, email or the traditional telephone, James. So email is rachel.bell at sjpp.co.uk. Um, phone number is 01228-526-976. And we'll always be happy to have a chat. Wonderful. Well, thanks very much, Rachel. Been a pleasure. Thank you, As James. Always. Thank you. Now, earlier in the pod, Rachel mentioned that one in four adults in the UK experience mental illness. I just need to let you know that those figures are from the NHS and they were accessed in June 2023. We always want to hear what you've got to say about the pod. So if you've got any questions or comments, please head to the social media channels on Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn. Search for Rachel Bellwealth Management as if by magic the ladies will appear and you will be able to send them a message. Alternatively, you can head to the website, rachelbellwealthmanagement.co.uk, where you'll find a contact us form. We need you to know that the value of an investment with St. James's Place will be directly linked to the performance of the funds you select, and the value can therefore go down as well as up. You may get back less than you invested. The levels and basis of taxation and relief from taxation can change at any time, the value of any tax relief depends on individual circumstances. Rachel Bell Wealth Management is an appointed representative of and represents only St James's Place Wealth Management PLC, which is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority for the purposes of advising solely on the group's wealth management products and services, more details of which can be found on the group's website sjp.co.uk forward slash products.